The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. So we had Mary McKeown and Cal Thomas with us yesterday when we were discussing what might happen in relation to the Donald Trump legal case. After we went off air, the jury in New York found the former US president liable for sexually abusing and defaming a magazine columnist. However, the jury did not accept her contention that he had raped her. The jury found that Trump should pay $5 million in total damages to her E. Jean Carroll, arising from both the findings of sexual abuse and defamation. Let's hear from NBC News this morning, where E. Jean Carroll and her lawyer, Roberta Kaplan, reacted to the jury's verdict. I'm overwhelmed, overwhelmed with joy and happiness and delight for the women in this country. As you well know, the jury found Mr. Trump liable for battery, specifically sexual abuse, but not rape. Mm -hmm. What do you make of that verdict? I'm going to let my attorney answer that question because she understands what was on the jury checklist. Yeah, what do you think? So New York law in this area is complicated. I'm not going to take the time to to your listeners to try to explain it. But suffice it to say that he was found liable of a very serious charge. And sexual abuse under New York law is very serious. And the jury found that that's what he did. Okay, but it's not, Barry McKeown, a criminal conviction, so it's not going to bar him, is it, for running from office again? No, and you know, Matt, I would say even if he were criminal convicted, that still wouldn't be a bar to him running from office again. It, it, you know, it, it, it's it's one of those bizarre things that literally anybody can run for president of America um, at any time, provided they're over thirty-five and American citizen. Uh, and so, born um, and born in America. And born in America, of course. Sorry, yes. Uh, but uh, look, this is you know, I I think that. Um, this was a good verdict by the jury. I went through a lot of the trial transcripts and E. Jean Carroll, who I think testified really truthfully um, when she was asked about the degree of, of um, what exactly what had happened in the dressing room. She wasn't, she didn't say with absolute certainty. She said that as she recalled it, but it was very traumatic. It was very difficult. It was so sudden. And she didn't unequivocally say that um, when when she was asked specific questions about the degree of penetration, she wasn't able to recall exactly what happened. Uh, Sexual abuse and sexual battery are pretty serious charges. Trump could have gone to prison for those in a criminal case. But I think the main thing is that you know, it is a vindication of this woman who, and I saw her, she was doing the rounds, of course, of a lot of the news programs this morning. And she did say, look, you know, she's a 79-year-old woman between her and her lawyer, a five foot two, but powerhouse, Robbie Kaplan, uh, that they did take on Trump and effectively uh, win their case. And and I think that it is very important. It only happened because of this New York law, which basically allowed anyone who had been a victim of a sexual assault or sexual abuse to bring a civil action for a year. Uh, it wouldn't have happened otherwise. But Donald Trump, he says he'll appeal it. Um, putting on a law hat here very briefly, I can't see any grounds for appeal. Uh, Lewis Kaplan is a really respected judge. He offered Trump the opportunity to come and testify. He even held it open for him based on his comments in Ireland, uh, where he said he was going to go back and uh, that he could still testify. Trump um, d- didn't take that option. He has never turned up in court. He has never faced his accuser. He has never addressed the jury. So I think he would be hard pressed to find grounds for appeal. And if he was to appeal, would he then actually have to turn up in court and possibly open himself up to further difficulties based on the questions he'd have to answer? 
No, because an appeal would be based on the the um, trial court transcripts. It would be done largely by the lawyers. Uh, so you know, he he could appeal, but it, but clearly there would be questions and there would be inferences. This is a civil case. Inferences can be drawn by Donald Trump's decisions, okay. and inferences can be drawn by the fact that he has been accused of very similar acts by other women. Yes. So might he appeal to try and avoid having to pay the five million quid, although presumably he'll do some sort of online collection from his fans to actually pay that. But could it also be that he would appeal to try and delay other actions that others might take? You know, I think he'll appeal it just because he's running for president and he's hoping an appeal will run out the clock. So he can say when he is undoubtedly asked about this in debates and, you know, in in interviews, I'm currently appealing this case. This was a disgrace and I'm currently appealing it. So it would give him that level of cover. But I don't see an appeal. All the appeal will do is kick it down the road and maybe delay him having to pay the fine and maybe delay him having to you know, run as a presidential candidate as somebody who had a um, sexual assault liability um, finding against him in a New York court. Okay, but as we look forward, is this in any way going to derail his ambitions to become the Republican nominee? Are they still going to select this man even after this now? Well, you know, it was interesting because they did ask a couple of Republican leaders. I saw a few that can comment. Mitt Romney said what he's always said, which is that Trump is unfit for office. Asa Hutchinson, the governor from Arkansas who is running and has no chance of winning the nomination, said, yes, we should believe the jury. That You know, they they base this on findings of fact. Um, and then Mike Pence said, predictably, well, I never saw Trump do anything like this when I was his vice president. Uh, so, you know, it's the, the party will, the, the, the Trump supporters within the party, who are many and who dominate the party, will duck questions on this. And um, his, I suspect his MAGA voters and supporters it will not cost him a single vote. But I do think that with moderates and independents, there is a chip chip. You know, there are four other criminal cases that he's in various parts of, uh, including one where he was um, faces 34 different indictments that we saw in New York. You've also got the January 6th case. You've also got uh, Georgia and you've also got the, um, the classified documents. I think there may be a gradual erosion amongst moderates um, and some okay. Republicans, but not amongst his base. Very briefly, somebody else, this Republican congressman, George Santos, why is he in prison? Well, he's been he's been um, indicted on 13 charges, um, a, a whole range of charges, including things it, basically um, campaign finance charges, money laundering charges. And he's even being charged with falsely claiming COVID payments, claiming he was unemployed when he was actually working for an investment firm. Uh, he could be looking at uh, 20 years in prison. Uh, you know, I think everyone saw this coming. And it's interesting to see Republicans duck for cover over it, uh, largely up on Capitol Hill. Uh, Kevin McCarthy said, which is true, well, we let the, the trial process and see what the outcome is. Uh, but, you know, he's not on any committees. So basically, we're not saying anything else. And um, he should have been expelled from Congress. And it's deeply embarrassing for Republicans that they effectively defended his presence there. Thank you very much, Maureen McKeown. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.